1: Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, another episode of what is doing in Rugby League today, and I've got three topics that have stood out for me. The first one, Joshua Parley, he's obviously been suspended off the back of his hit on the weekend, I think it's fair enough too, as was a pretty savage little hit. Uh, so obviously he's going to miss Origin 1, so we're going to talk about how that's going to impact Queensland and the guys that could potentially stand up in his spot. Uh, we're going to talk about the Knights, they're having a full review up there, which I think is probably necessary. I think this, these full reviews, though, they are a little bit uh, airy, I would never really understand what they are or what the outcome of them is I mean if you need a full review to work out what's wrong I don't know it just doesn't quite make sense to me but they are going to do it and there's one bloke that I feel sorry for in all this and I'll touch on who that is and then the last one Uh, Anthony Griffin, hook, down there at the Dragons. Uh, He's been getting the band together for quite some time. Obviously, you've had Corey Norman down there. You've had Andrew McCulloch, Ben Hunt, Josh McGuire's joined a number of guys that played with him in the Broncos in the early 2010s when he was coaching up there. And we've added another one, Gerald Beal, who has come out of retirement who's been playing in the Queensland Cup for the last few weeks and from what I've gathered hasn't been overly impressive but he is today signed with the St. George Illawarra Dragons so he's coming out of retirement there and the other story is Nico Hines where will he land? I have a look at some spots that I think would be perfect for him. Well, Josh Papali, he's been ruled out of State of Origin 1 off the back of his hit and this crackdown that we've got going on in the NRL right now. He has been suspended, I believe, for three three or four weeks, whatever it is. It means that he will miss Origin 1, and this becomes very interesting. For me, if I lost a guy like Josh Papali, I would probably turn to a bit of experience and to be honest with you, a bit of an asshole in my team. I would have probably gone to Josh Maguire, to be honest with you. I know that's a very negative opinion. People don't seem to like Josh Maguire. Uh, regardless, he's also been suspended. So he's ski. So all of a sudden, you got this shortage of front rowers, shortage of Queensland front rowers. Now, they have plenty of options, um, but... I mean, none are really of that high-end calibre that a lot of the New South Wales front rowers and their forwards are. A lot of options, though. And the guy that stands out for me, uh, first of all, is probably Mo Fodawaker. He would be the guy that I would take into the starting lineup. I would put a lot of minutes into him, and I would expect him to really lift. And this is the advantage Queensland have. No matter how many guys they're missing, no matter how much trouble they're in, these guys, they just lift for this big occasion. It's what the Queenslanders do better than the New South Wales players for me, and I know that's controversial. Kills me to say it. But I'm sorry, the proof is in the pudding over the last few years, last year included. Um, so there's a number of guys they could go to here. I think they're going to need to find some guys to be on the bench. A couple of names I've got written down here. Tom Flegler, he's obviously going to be playing more minutes for the Broncos over the next few weeks with Paddy Carrigan out. Handy little footballer. Uh, Dunamis Louie, he did the job last year. One of Josh Papali's teammates down in Canberra. He hasn't played a heap of first grade this year, but... Queenslanders being Queenslanders, uh, he played for them last year. Uh, I'm sure they would back him in again, potentially. Dylan Napa, this is another guy that has played for them previously. Uh, Hasn't been playing his best footy the last few years, but another guy that I'm sure... Queensland would rely on him to come in and do a job as a New South Wales fan I'd be pretty stoked if they went Dylan Napa but I'm sure we won't get the same Napa for Canterbury as we do for Queensland it's just the way state of origin goes Um, Francis Molo is another guy that could potentially have his name thrown up I don't think he's at that caliber yet Uh, I wouldn't be going him but he's another potential Joe Offen-Gowie is a guy that's played Queensland State of Origin before. Um, I think he's done well at the West Tigers. I don't think he's been outstanding. He hasn't been playing in the middle either. But he's a guy that has done the job there before for Queensland. So Joe offen he's another one they could be considering. Um, Cohen Hess, this is a guy that they... Seem to pick just about every year, and I never really understand why. Uh, It's always confused me. And, look, he has been playing in the front row for the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, He has been doing well without doing fantastically. So he's another guy they could potentially be looking at, Cohen Hess, but it wouldn't be my pick. Uh, Jai Arrow, he's obviously going to be in the team regardless, but he could easily shift from the bench into the starting front row position. Um, I think I would rather keep Arrow off the bench, to be honest with you. I'd probably be looking for a bigger body to go in there. I would put Mo Awake at a start in there before I would put Jai Arrow. Um, there's two other guys that I think are really interesting. One's out of the Canberra. Raiders. Another, another one of Papali's teammates. He would be a uh, an origin debutant. I think he would have made his debut last year if it wasn't for his injury. And it's Corey Horsburgh. I just think he's got... He's just got an attitude that I love. And, you know, we all gave it to him last year when he was off the field crying, but that's the sort of passion he plays for and plays with. And look... You can bag him, you can laugh at him, you can say whatever you want. But I'll tell you what, when I'm watching a game of football and I see guys lose a game and then after it they're shaking hands, they're smiling, I understand that that, that side of it, that they're all mates, I get it, but it does shit me a little bit. And we're always calling for these guys to have more passion, to show more emotion when they lose. My God, when Corey Horsburgh knew that he was going to be missing some footy and he was going to let his team down, it brought him to tears, yeah? That's the sort of passion I love to see. Bag Horsburgh all you want. I love to see that passion. I love that he's a fiery redhead as well. They just bring something a little bit different. They always have in rugby league. So I think Corey Horsburgh, he'd be another one that'd be really interesting. Uh, if I was Horsburgh, I'd be going to talk to Ricky Stewart and say, look, I've got the potential to play here. I think Joshua Parley, depending on how all that relationship's going down in Canberra, I think Horsburgh, he would want to put his best foot forward over the next weeks because he could be a real bolter there to make his debut. The other man that I think is really interesting, and another guy that hasn't been playing in the front row at NRL level, he's been playing out on the edge, and it's Josh Kerr for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Now, you will remember he was in the squad last year, never made his debut, but he won their Queensland Spirit Award or whatever the hell it was. It was essentially for the best person in the camp for the entire weekend it's not very often that 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 goes to guys who don't step on the field in fact I would say it's incredibly rare but it shows what he meant in that squad and obviously Wayne Bennett was the coach in that team I think that would have come down to his say and Josh Kerr he's one of those really lovable characters so no doubt uh, Wayne Bennett would have been a fan of him but to bring that sort of energy and be that sort of guy around the team, I think he would slip in really well. He has been playing on the edge for the Dragons, but he's got the sort of body that he could definitely handle himself in the front row. We've seen him handle himself in the front row before. He's a guy that I think could have a really good shot at getting into this side. For me, I would start Mo Awaker. I would have Jai Arrow off the bench, and I would either have Kerr or Horsborough. I'd be watching these guys very closely over the next few weeks to see how they go. I'd be notifying both of them, hey, We've got a front-row spot here. I need someone to step up. Let's see what, what you got over the next month. I think it's going to be very interesting. I've got a feeling they might slightly go with Josh Kerr, uh, but I guess to Horsburgh's advantage, he obviously... You'll probably see the coach have a word to Josh Parr, the other front rowers who could replace him. He might have a little in there. But Josh Kerr, I think he would be my pick at the moment. I think he's been really good. I don't think he's a back rower. I think he is a middle. And I think he would do a really good job for Queensland. And he showed last year he's got the sort of temperament, he's got the sort of attitude to add something to this team. I think you could be seeing the debut of Josh Kerr in Game 1. The Newcastle Knights, I've been saying for a number of weeks that this team, they are going terribly. They're very, 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 very lucky that there are some other really shit teams around that are taking the attention off them. They've been going like a busted Newcastle. Uh, They beat the Cronulla Sharks a couple of weeks ago with Kalen Ponga, the the sick game, Canberra. I mean, the Cronulla Sharks, they were very average that night. Very, very average. Uh, They beat the Canberra Raiders the other day. That was a really good spirited win. Then they backed it up the next week uh, with essentially a, a terrible performance against the West Tigers. It was absolutely woeful. There is no doubt that this team... They are in a spot of trouble. They are in a big spot of trouble. They've been there for a couple of weeks. Just no one really realised because we were so, our attention was so taken by the Canterbury Bulldogs playing like a bustard. The Broncos conceding points left, right and centre. There was a lot of things distracting us from just how poorly they were going. On top of that, the Canberra Raiders. Now, I think the narrative would have been very different if the Canberra Raiders would have beaten the Newcastle Knights. All the attention would have been on Newcastle. They won that game. They backed it up less than seven days later with an absolute Barry Crocker against the West Tigers, who, I'm sorry, they're no. Harlem Trotters over there, yeah. They probably did you a favor by moving their positions around. They, they took the ball out, out of Adam Dwayne's hand 25 times a game and, and let him touch it 10, 8 times a game, yeah. And they still got dusted well and truly in magic round, dry track. Very disappointing. Now, they're having a full review, which I think is very interesting. I, I always find these... I always find it's the it's the desperate teams that seem to have no idea what they're doing that have full reviews. I mean, I don't remember the Roosters ever having a review. I don't remember the Melbourne Storm ever having a review. I don't understand why you need an official review in your club. Are you not reviewing what you're doing each and every week? It just, I don't know, it just seems like a Band-Aid solution. It seems to be the rugby league equivalent of throwing your hands up and goes, well, I've got no idea. I don't know what's going on. We don't know how to fix this. Let's have a full review. Let's see what we can change. Why do you need to announce to the media you're having a full review? Is, is a, Are you trying to prove to people that you're trying? Well, I I, I don't understand. What, what What's the point of doing this? It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. It just smells of we're desperate and we're clueless. We don't know what to do. And I'll tell you what, you could have this full review. There's probably, you know, 150 people working at the nights based on how footy clubs are built nowadays. They're going to go through each and every person's role, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, you know what it's going to come down to? Your halfback's not on the field. This is a team that cannot work without their halfback. And then your million-dollar man at fullback, Ponga when he's not on the field with Mitch Pierce. They are screwed. They are absolutely screwed. Most of the time when Mitch Pierce isn't on the field, they're in trouble. They can compete with the middle-ranked teams, and they can beat the bottom-ranked teams just with KP on the field, just his individual brilliance. They never really blow teams out of the park of recently. Recently, um, And you know what? The, you know what the scariest thing is about all this? Let's have a look at their team. Connor Watson, playing career best football. Jaden Braley, playing career best football. He has come from nowhere. He was a meat and potatoes hooker that has all of a sudden turned into an absolute dynamo. Uh, I was talking to the Whisperer the other day. He said that he would pick him for New South Wales. And based off form, if you went alone, form this year, I mean, how could you not pick Jaden Braley? to be the New South Wales hooker. He has been unreal. He has played so far above what I ever expected Jaden Braley to play. And maybe, maybe my eyes are painted on it and I didn't see it. Maybe everyone else saw this coming. I certainly didn't. But regardless, they're hooker. Is playing the absolute best football that he has ever played. He has been unreal. They have a top five hooker in the game right now, playing nine. Uh, Connor Watson, he's been playing 13. He's revolutionized the way that they play. It's been sensational. He's been playing great football. Lachlan Fitzgibbon, he's been out for a while. Mitch Barnett has jumped in on the left edge. He's been unreal. He's been great. He's playing career best footy as well for me. Um, right edge. Tyson Brazil has walked in the building. you got an Australian kangaroo out there who I think he's been playing great. He's been playing really well. Scored a couple of tries. He's been strong in defense. He's been sensational. Daniel Saifidi. I'm sorry, still a premier front rower in our game. Still right up there. I mean, your second front rower is David Klemmer. I mean, you could do much worse than Klemmer, right? I mean, he might not be a kangaroo or a blue anymore, but, geez, if you're picking your 10 best props in the game, good luck leaving David Klemmer out of it. You've got this sprinkle of just unbelievable talent throughout this side. Yeah, you take Mitchell Pearce out and it all goes to shit. You take Kalen Ponger out, they're in serious Barney Rowell. You've got Bradman Best out there. If he's not one of the best strike centers in our game, I'll give it away. Yes, he's young. Yes, he occasionally has injuries. I understand that. But it's not like you, you, you've you got Jaden Braley at a bunch of planks of wood out there. You've got a gun hooker. You've got an experienced half in Blake Green. He wasn't there on the weekend. I understand that. you got Kurt Mann there. He was unreal last year. He was sensational. But Kurt Mann needs a seven next to him. That is a controlling seven like Mitchell Pierce. It is a serious worry that this team, when they're missing a couple of guys, they completely fall to shit. And look, I understand that that happens to a lot of teams. I get it. But I think the drop-off between them losing their less their, their best players and other teams, it is ridiculous. Even when you lose those two, could you imagine if Jaden Braley was still the Jaden Braley we were used to for the last three years? Where the hell would they be? And look, I understand Mitch Pierce, Calum Honga, your halfback, And your fullback. Incredibly important. I get it. Um, Let's have a look at the Melbourne Storm on the weekend. They lost Cameron Munster and they lost Ryan Pappenhausen. Now... To their own. But if I had to pick a player out of Mitchell Pearce and Cameron Munster to have in my team, I'm taking Cameron Munster on a bad day. If I had to pick between Ryan Pappenhausen and Kalen Ponga to be in my team, uh, Ponga's got an unbelievable highlight set. He's an incredibly skillful player. Pappenhausen has won a grand final. He's delivered on the big stage, won a Clive Churchill medal. I'm sorry, that one ain't close either at the moment. You're taking Ryan Pappenhausen. Now, we saw them on the weekend. We saw the Melbourne Storm without those two on the weekend and without Harry Grant, you know, the best hooker in rugby league. Arguably, you might tell me this year it's Jaden Braley and on form I probably couldn't push back on you. But missing those three troops out of their spine, the Melbourne Storm still managed to score 50 points against the Dragons, essentially full strength. The Newcastle Knights playing the West Tigers the other day, the most... I mean, the, the most dysfunctional team in the league for me. There is always dramas there. They are leaking points left, right, and center. They have been all season against pretty average teams a lot of the time. And they got absolutely dusted. Absolutely dusted. You look at the Roosters. How many trips have they lost? Who would you rather lose? Mitch Pearce and Caelan Ponga or Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend? Uh, you know, the, the list just goes on at the Roosters. Brett Morris. There are so many talented guys. Luke Keary. God. This team's still in the top four. I mean, the Newcastle Knights, I understand that you're missing players. I get it. But this is the NRL. The rest of your squad has to be able to handle themselves. You can't go from being a potential top eight side to losing your two best players and then all of a sudden you're a Reggie's team just waiting for them to come back. It's ridiculous. And I'll tell you one guy I feel really sorry for because I already know how this narrative's going to play out. In rugby league, we love to have excuses. We love to point the finger. We love a scapegoat as well. Rugby league loves nothing more than a scapegoat. And we've already seen the name Anthony Seibold thrown around. If Anthony Seibold gets a sack after arriving there this year, I will give it away. That is a blatant, hey, media, here's a key. you can have him. Throw him to the wolves. He's the problem. He's not the problem. You've been like this for 10 years. You went through a five or six-year rebuild that was an absolute nightmare to watch. You came out of that. You went and signed KP for a mozza of dollars. You went and got Pierce from the Roosters. All good moves. But it's been the same narrative the entire time. You can't keep up with the good teams. And when either of these two guys is out, it goes to shit. Most importantly, when Mitchell Pierce is out, it completely goes to shit. I just hope Anthony Seabold isn't the guy that gets thrown to the Wolves here because that would be absolute crap, and it would make me lose so much respect for this Newcastle system. He's an assistant coach up there. He's probably one of four or five. The way that they run clubs now, he would be one of four or five dudes. Was Anthony Seabold great in Brisbane? No. He's been in the South Sydney system before. He did really well there. We've seen that he knows what he's doing. It didn't work in Brisbane. I understand that. He dug himself a hole that was incredibly deep. But if this comes out that Seabold is the man to go, which I've heard rumours that he will be, I think that says more about Newcastle than what it says about Anthony Seabold. It's going to be very interesting to see how this one plays out. If they come out with anything outside of The rest of our squad needs to be better. We cannot rely on Mitchell Pierce and Caelan Ponga to hold our hand in every moment. Then something has gone seriously wrong there.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: Now, Gerard Beale, he is today signed with the St. George Illawarra Dragons. You wouldn't remember, he retired a couple of months ago. He's been playing up there in the Queensland Cup. Uh, my sources in Queensland Cup tell me he hasn't been overly impressive. Uh, but he is a guy with a heap of experience. He's played in a grand final with the Cronulla Sharks. He's played a heap of rep football. Uh, I don't really know the exact price tag on this signing by the Dragons, but it does seem like a little bit of an old one to me. And with so much talent coming out of the Illawarra region, you just won the SG ball. Uh, that, you know, that They've got a lot of talent down And there are a lot of young talent. It sort of surprises me that they've reached out to Queensland Cup and pulled a guy out of retirement who, I mean, he's never really been a star, has he? He always seemed like he's a nice guy. Teammates seem to like him. He seems to be a good fella. But I would never say Gerard Beale was really a star. He's a premiership winner, which is unreal. Not many guys have done that. That is fantastic for him. He came off the bench as a utility sort of center wing in that team. I mean... I just I don't really understand this signing by the Dragons. He's been there before. It wasn't overly successful. And then you stop and you think about the rest of the squad. And, of course, what Anthony Griffin has done here, you got Josh McGuire, you got Ben Hunt, you got Andrew McCulloch, you got Corey Norman. You've got all these guys that have played together before in Brisbane. And, of course, you go and have a look through Gerard Beal's career. He, of course, was at the Broncos, I think, 2011 to 2013 whilst Anthony Griffin was there. So it's another one that he's gone and got from Queensland Cup, brought down here sort of getting the band back together. And look, I know we've sort of joked about this and you know what? All the other guys have been really good signings. I'm a huge fan of Ben Hunt. Love Andrew McCulloch. Love Josh McGuire. I think he's a really talented footballer. Corey Norman. Uh, I think he's played well under hook this year. I think he's played some of his better footy. Um... But this one, I don't know. I, I, I just can't buy stocks in this one. I don't understand the thinking here. You've got so many young center wingers that are explosive and that are so talented. I understand you got the injury to Zach Lomax. You potentially have the injury to Matt Dufty. You could see him miss a few weeks as well. I'm still waiting to hear an update on that. But I just think this one's a little bit backwards. Yes, he brings you experience. Yes, he can play center wing. You could potentially throw him in at fullback. But, geez, it's a big step up for a guy that I never thought was a real star in the NRL since he's retired, the game's got faster. And now they're bringing him out of retirement, back into the Dragon system. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense for me. to me. And it's not like... Like, you look at the Dragons team. I mean, it's not like the mid-2000s where all of a sudden during Origin, you would say goodbye to Mark Gasnier, You'd say goodbye to Matt Cooper. And there'd be no one to play centers and wings. I mean, you've got a heap of guys there. You're not going to lose anyone to Origin anyway. Zach Lomax was your best shot. He's injured anyway. I just... I don't know. This one just doesn't quite make sense to me. It'll be interesting to see how many minutes he plays. I'd love, I hope it's a real cut price deal. I hope they haven't paid much for this guy because, personally, I don't see it being a huge success for them. Well, our boy, he's made a big splash over the last week or so, Nico Hines. I think people are finally starting to realise just how good this guy is. He has just got all the ability in the world and I spoke about him earlier in the week. I've been saying for a long time someone needs to sign this guy, pay overs to get him because once he gets an opportunity he's going to show you what he can do and you're going to have to pay more than what you originally did when you were paying overs and it's happened now. We've all seen what he's capable of doing. He is an absolute freak, this guy. He could be a 5'8 or he could be a fullback. Personally, I would rather see him play fullback back and I think there's a lot of teams that need to go after him and look I think one team that definitely needs to go after him and you know it's no shock no secret it is the Brisbane Broncos uh, I believe he's from up that way originally he's a guy that I just think he could be sensational for this side we're going to see Katoni Staggs jump into the 5-8 role next year if not the end of this season and whilst I think Katoni Staggs will go well there I mean if it doesn't go exactly to plan wow you could do worse than, than to throw this guy in you've got Jermaine Osako up there right now who's playing fullback. Uh, I'd like to think he will hold on to that jersey. I think he has been pretty good, uh, but I do think that this guy would just be a huge addition, whether you play him at fullback or whether you play him at six. I just think he would add a lot to this team, and I do think the Melbourne Storm, they will do everything they can to keep this guy there, uh, but there is, you know, there really isn't a position for him at the moment with Pappenhausen and Munster there. I was talking to the Whisperer this morning. He suggested the idea of maybe playing him at centre, and look, I think he'd be a great centre. I think he'd do really well. You've obviously got Branko Lee moving, you could potentially have him at right center, uh, and then have Remus Smith on the right wing. But you've also got Xavier Coates arriving. You got Josh carr leaving, though. So there are there, there is r- room to wiggle there. There is the potential for him to come become a center. But you know, if I was if I was Nico Hines, I definitely want to be a fullback or a five eight. I've got the skill set to be successful there. Let's be honest here: being a fullback or a five eight gets you a lot more money than being a center. Let's be perfectly honest here. Probably a centre at Melbourne too. You're probably playing less to stay there for a bit of success. He played in the grand final last year. I don't believe he got on the field though. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting with Nico Hines. The Melbourne Storm are a team that obviously gave him an opportunity. The Manly Seagulls brushed him. Uh, he was up there in Queensland Cup for a long time and they gave him an opportunity. So there would be some loyalty there that he might want to repay the Melbourne Storm. Uh, we look at Matt Burton at the moment. He's playing centre uh, for the Penrith Panthers doing an unbelievable job. I have no doubt Nico Hines would be a great centre. But if he's not there I'm not sure where else you play him. I don't think he wants to be a 14 for the rest of his career. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting where this guy lands. I think the Brisbane Broncos, it would be sensational to see them go after this guy. But I mean, as a... As a, not as a Melbourne Storm fan, but as someone that appreciates what the Melbourne Storm do. geez, it would be fantastic to see him land in that center spot and either paired up with Remus Smith or Xavier Coates. It would be unreal. That right edge would just be lethal as all hell. I think it's going to be very interesting where this guy lands. I think whoever gets him, they're going to have a star over the next few years. I think another team that should probably be looking at him is the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, they've obviously got Will Kennedy there at the moment. He's doing a brilliant job at fullback. Uh, but you could throw this guy in at six. It would mean that maybe you could go Sean Johnson And Nico Hines. I think that would be a really dangerous combination. Ideally though, I would want to play him at fullback. We're hearing a lot of rumours out of the Canberra Raiders. Charles Nicol clockstead he may be on the move so there's the potential for him to jump in there as well. So a lot of options, an absolute plethora of options and there's only a handful of teams in this competition who have gun players in the six and the one that shouldn't be looking at Nico Hines. I I just think this kid's got so much ability. I think he could really turn a club around or he could take a club from being like Contenders to be in the eight to being proper premiership contenders over the next few years. His ability is just unreal. I think he's got so much to offer. If I had to put my money on it, though, I'm tipping he'll be at the Brisbane Broncos next year, which would either mean he'd be playing 5-8 if Katoni Stags doesn't work out there. And I mean, if it doesn't, you play Katoni Stags at right centre, lethal as all hell. That would be just so dangerous. Or you could see him playing fullback, which means he would jump over Jermaine Isako potentially, which means that Isako we know that he's as damaging at fullback as he is on the wingers. As well, so there's a lot of upside in the Brisbane Broncos signing this guy. I cannot wait to watch this career unfold.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.